My name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our programme will know, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring forward a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership and today that mission sees us bring Carol Massey onto the programme. Carol, good morning to you and by all means thank you for joining us on the show. Oh, Scott, thank you so much, and it's great to have the opportunity to join this um, discussion this morning under the Leadership Council. So, yeah, looking forward to sharing mm. some good things with you. Absolutely, and uh, just for those individuals listening in that might not be familiar with Carol and what she does, she is the Head of Construction at the Access Group, one of the leading providers of business management software to mid-sized organisations across the UK, Ireland, and the Asia-Pacific region. So, very much got a hand in the uh, the construction industry, Carol, and that's been the case since uh, 2015. Um, you've been with the company for that long, uh, before it was acquired by Access um, just a couple of years ago. Um, did you, just sort of touching on your background initially, Carol, did you think um, at quite an early age that going into sort of a leadership role within a firm, not just any firm, but in the construction industry, which is sort of quite an interesting move for someone of your gender, was going to be the way forward for you? Yeah, so Scott, I've always been interested in construction from a, a, a very young age. You know, the whole dynamics of, of building something from, you know, young age, building blocks. And yeah, construction was, I suppose I was destined, you know, to to um, get into construction with my, my first role being for one of the, the top 10 house builders, which I'm, I'm still... Um, which is still around today, which is really, really exciting. So I thought that, yeah, my, my path was already mapped out for me and I managed just to, to continue doing that, um, you know, from working within construction to now the last 20 plus years in the whole technology space as well. So, yeah, it, I just think naturally, um, I know some people say, well, you know, it just happened overnight. I think I was just destined, you know, to... to work in construction, understand it, and now being a leader um, of technology for the sector. And how was it for you sort of making that pathway for yourself in what is traditionally a very male-dominated sector? I can imagine there were sort of one or two challenges from that perspective. Yeah, so it's interesting because I do get asked this question quite often. And the thing is, for me, I always had the – my focus was on what Cal Massey wanted to do for the sector. So, you know, if I look back years ago when I started in the accounts department, I was just a very, very nosy person. I just wanted to know, okay, from an accounting perspective, I'll try not to make it sound so simple. It's about double entry, making things balanced. But then on the wider spectrums, understanding those subcontractors getting paid, um, you know, the procurement team, the delivery. Um, and yes, they were, you know, the people that I, you know, worked with and had the experience were all male. You know, it's a male-dominated sector. Personally, was that a challenge for me? No. You know, in the early days, in what I was doing, I was a youngster that was keen and hungry to understand, you know, the whole dynamics of a building site, materials turning up, the different mix of, of, of cement, which, you know, and, and tarmac, you know, I used to think, well, it's just that horrible sticky black stuff that just goes on top of the road and somebody then rolls it flat. So, yeah, you know, it's 
it's very, very much a male-dominated sector. But for me, you know, being within it and knowing where I wanted to get to, I never saw it as, in the early days, as a, as a challenge for me. And it's a very well-documented truth, isn't it, that construction is an industry that has suffered from skills shortages for quite a long time. And part of the reason behind that is a very sort of negative perception of the industry as being kind of, you know, manual, unglamorous, which sees a lot of young people sort of pursue more kind of academic subjects rather than sort of practical skills that we need at the moment. Do you think that that sort of that idea of construction being a male-dominated industry does that fuel the fire a little bit in terms of the skills shortage by discouraging more women from becoming involved in the sector, do you think? I think it doesn't help um, in that, yeah, you know, as you said, you know, the, the whole glamorous side of, you know, working in a sector that, you know, when it's cold, you know, you still have to go out and do the job. Um, when it's, you know, you know, there's other things that you can see out in, uh, and I think, you know, where we are today with social media and things looking at mm. it's a glamorous world and you can, you know, earn money in a more lucrative way being in the, you know, in front of the camera, in front of your, in your bedroom versus actually going out and actually engaging with, with people and seeing, you know, a, a muggy building site within, you know, within a year or two years, you know, some prestigious buildings being bought, you know, built on it. There is that kind of, unattractiveness and you know I've seen that you know over the years and, and actually more recently you know during you know COVID that you know the whole perspective and, and, and view on construction has changed because well, you know with COVID you know the, the government was very much about build 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 we've got to continue to build there was the glamorous in terms of you know the Nightingale Hospital you know construction put their best feet forward and these big hospital buildings were built within record time. So all of this sudden, you know, this unattractive sector that has typically tight margins were getting the good press. And we've got to continue to build on that, the good things, because we're always going to need roads. We're always going to need houses. And, you know, the sector pays actually very well. Mm. Um, and it's not just about the, the, the jobs out on the, on the tools. Construction has all the different levels of skills, back office skills, you know, HR, accounting, quantity surveying, architecture, all of those. There are so many roles, but I think people just have this, well, I'm out, I'm going to be in the cold, and, and we've got to change that. I think that's very right, and I think you make a hugely important point there that there's been a lot of goodwill generated toward construction, and people kind of have realised through COVID the value of a construction worker over, say, a social media influencer, for instance. They can do far more, contribute far more to society, of course. Um, how can sort of industry, government, and I think also importantly education now kind of build on this momentum and really go about changing perceptions of the industry and getting more people in from your perspective, Carol, what sort of steps would you sort of take if you were sort of in a ministerial position yourself? So um, I, I think what you need to, to do is, and you know, I have this discussions. I was in a, a, a local school the other day, is you have to use the platforms where the youngsters are actually engaging, and that's social media. And I know, it, you know, from a sector perspective, it's 
it's traditionally been, oh, you know, put yourself in a magazine and, and hope that somebody's going to read that magazine to understand how great something is. But you have to attract the audience in the way that the world is evolving. And social media is the way to, you know, embrace and, and inform the youngsters that are consistently, you know, every child has a phone from some really young ages. So start to show some really good things, on, you know, about how great construction is, how great, you know, actually, you know, that building you're living in or, you know, that, that cinema that you go to or, you know, that um, airport that you're in. Actually, you know what's involved in that? There's construction. There's time of planning and organising. So, you know, from a ministerial perspective, we've got to look at how we get back in, into the education system. And I'm not, you know, it's no good going in when, it's, you know, careers and options, you know, at the ages of, you know, 12 and 13. You've got to start from primary school. It's educating the children on on the skills that they have and what things that they can be doing mm. and, and talking about the, the careers and, you know, what construction can do for them and understanding from that young age. And then having some of these, um, you know, focus sessions where you get industry um, experts in, in specific fields coming in and talking to the children, you know, communicating on, you know, some of the things that, you know, has led them to be, you know, passionate about, about what they do. You know, I'm passionate about construction. I started, you know, in the accounts department and now I'm in technology and I'm looking at how to do things that are exciting. And I, I'm, I'm a woman and I'm a woman of colour. So, you know, you know, couple of key boxes being ticked that I would like to, you know, share. And there's more types of people like myself that can do that. And, yeah, I'm very passionate about, you know, we've got to educate the children and give them that opportunity. It's no good saying, well, you know, they don't want to get involved in it. But you, if you're not giving them the material or giving them, you know, the, the information that they can absorb and understand on a regular basis, then we're not going to be able to address the issue with the skills not coming in. And, you know, not to discredit people going to university, but you can get really good trained skills by, you know, getting in construction. There's some big corporate organisations that are trying to bring the youth in. There are absolutely right. And uh, that message does need to get out there um, in a way that these young people can understand. Absolutely right. And that will be the sort of next big challenge for uh, for industry moving forward. And I think it is going to need government pitching into this and education pitching into this to help with that. Um, obviously, we talked about COVID and how that has, of course, curried up some real goodwill towards the construction sector. And I think a large part of that is not just people realising how important construction is to wider society, but also how the industry has sort of shown, you know, its resilience to continue throughout such difficult conditions. And I think it would be remiss of us, Carol, not to kind of touch on sort of how that affected your business. Um, when you sort of had were faced with the challenge of lockdown and everything associated with that, um, how was it that you sort of overcame that particular challenge to keep those vital services running? And would you say as well that you've learned a lot from the experience of managing through a crisis like that? Yeah, it was it was a very big challenge. Um, well, put it this way, you, you couldn't look back and say, okay, this is how we need to, you know, realign and, and change the business because it's happened before. I think, you know, like for business leaders, 
across the world. It was, how do we manage this? And and it was like, you know, you almost go straight into survival mode because, you know, you, you know, for our business, we were, we're providing to customers. And you then think, well, the customers are in the same situation. And how do you make sure that as a service provider, you communicate that positive, we are here to serve. We may not be doing it in the way that, you know, everyone's been accustomed to, you know, somebody turning up on site but we're switching the way that we're going to be working to doing things, you know, using technology. So, you know, for us, it was actually a, a massive platform to actually elevate why technology was so, is so important for businesses because, you know, for us, there were customers that had, you know, back office IT rooms with technology and they were used to people walking into the office every day, switching on their desktop. And then all of a sudden, lockdown, you know, there's businesses that didn't trust individuals to work from home. So all of a sudden, well, they have to work from home. So it was, you know, being there to help shift the whole culture, the dynamics of working. And, you know, again, in construction, it's about, you know, looking, feeling, being present. So now then saying, well, actually, I'm going to allow my whole accounts department to be at home. What is home, you know? You know, can can I trust that they're going to be doing it? So as a leader, you know, that whole time during the early stages of, of the pandemic mm-hmm. was about, you know, realigning how you're going to serve your, your you know, the sector that you serve, but also most importantly, making sure that your own staff were able to adapt to the changes that, you were there now enforcing on them. And, and we, we've all heard that, you know, some people have had, you know, well-being challenges for being away from people and, and some people that have lived, lived on their own and their only connection to people was, you know, getting on the train or getting on the bus, getting in the car, coming into the office. So, you know, COVID has, has changed the world in a positive way in that people have, fast-tracked and adopted to change and using technology far ahead of where it would have been if there wasn't COVID um, Mm. that had taken place. Yeah, you're certainly right in the sense that it has accelerated that digital revolution. And another thing that we have seen as well in many industries is that more people are now sort of more frank about their sort of well-being and that's just not just physical, but also their mental well-being as well. Mental health seems to be sort of more in the limelight than it ever has been before in terms of the national discussion. And I wanted to just kind of gauge your points of view on whether that's been the case in your sector as well, Carol, because in a traditionally male-dominated industry where it's very, very face-to-face, very much altogether, mental health might not be something that's discussed a great deal. Do you think since COVID that that's changed within construction? You know what, Scott, that's a really, really good question because um just going back to you know the whole covid mm. construction was one of those sectors that continued to work and if you think about it you know you know okay it's male dominated so if i use that in the scenario of you know responding is that you know the husband would be going out during the time when the whole world is closed going out to earn and psychologically, what does that mean? You know, am I am I putting myself at risk when you know the roads are quiet and I'm still expected to, to do my job? And in some instances, 
these guys, you know, in the construction industry, they, they, they're so-called self-employed, so they had no choice. Um, and, you know, I'm hearing now that, you know, the whole, you know, well-being and, you know, these, you know, machos, because, you know, male, men are, you know, they're, they're reluctant to put their hands up historically that, you know, I've got an issue, you know, I don't want to talk about it. But I know that more and more, um, because it's become more acceptable that, you know, you can talk if you, you, you're not feeling the way you used to feel um, or you, you, you're, you're facing some emotional challenges. or So it's become a little bit, well, more of the norm. Are we there yet in terms of, you know, being able to, you know, go out to sites and, you know, have these forums that, you know, the guys can feel that they're in a safe place because again, it's it's, it's a difficult for a man to actually say, "Well, I'm 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 not actually all right," you know, because he, he he's supposed to be that strong force. It's more easy for you know a group of women to sit openly and talk about, "Oh God, you know what? I'm going through menopause," or you know, "I'm having a bit of a you know a hot flush moment," something like that collectively. But males don't feel like they can do certain things and talking about well-being they'll think oh gosh am I saying that I'm not stable you know I'm, I'm the breadwinner is that going to cause me a problem if I say that I actually don't feel good I feel that I'm in a low place so again you know COVID um, has has brought more of that to the surface and it's more acceptable and you'll see a lot of businesses and a, a lot of you know discussions that are taking place that people all of a sudden can think, well, actually, it is normal, it is safe to say that it, I'm, I'm struggling, but we've still got to do much more for construction. Yeah, exactly right. And I think as well that by the industry and firms within the sector, you know, showing that that consideration is there for, you know, work-life balance, mental well-being in a world where, you know, the recruitment environment is difficult and a lot of candidates are looking at well-being policies and corporate social responsibility, all of this sort of thing. That's only going to sort of help pull more people in, isn't it? If, you know, you're showing that you're, you're sort of taking these things into account. Well, absolutely, and it's one of those criteria now. You know, we know that we've got lots of jobs to be filled. You know, lots of um, right across construction, but right across many of the sectors. You know, roles to be filled, and, and what you've got now, as opposed to the employer saying, "Well, this is the role, and these are the benefits." It's actually now the candidate saying, "Well, actually." How, how are you going to support my needs? What's your well-being policy? What's your diversity and inclusion policy? What's your working from home? So, you know, the candidate is now armed with things to say, well, actually, if I'm going to take this role on, I want to make sure that my needs are being met at the same time. And, you know, businesses are now, you know, oh, they've got to shape up and make sure they, they're, they are offering that bit more. Or, you know, to, to attract the right candidate. Mm, absolutely so. And it's going to be very, very important to address those skills gaps within the sector moving forward as well. And yeah. um, it is important that we talk about the future as well, Carol, just before we wrap up on the show, because I'm conscious that yeah, we are sure. starting to, uh, to run short of time. So um, from your perspective, of course, um, 
obviously the government has released its post-16 um, Skills and Education Act um, that has been met with sort of mixed reaction from industry, some good things in there, but also some things that perhaps don't go far enough. Um, what kind of changes over the uh, the next sort of few months and years would you like to see first and foremost within the broader spectrum of the sector? Again, it, it's all about um, the messaging. Um, I would like to see more done, as I said before, in education, in a, you know, more um, awareness to what's available and, and supporting, you know, the teachers, the educators, because at the end of the day, what is the best time that, you know, these children are spending, you know, eight hours a day being educated? So it has to start at grassroots, as, you know, where the children are, you know, again, using social media in a way that is not negative. And I know, you know, a lot of people say, well, actually, you know, social media is probably not the right place, but, you know, if it's used in a right structured way, that's where it's going to be absolutely, you know, a way of, of getting people more aware of what, what's coming up. And again, you know, it, it's important that, you know, people that have had experience, leaders that have had experience, that they come out of their shell, come out of the big offices, come out to more of, of the events and, and more community events to then share how how important it is to get the skills up and you know what the different roles that are available um, because if we don't start doing something now it's only it's only gonna you know it's only gonna get worse and you know i know there's lots of things that are going on in the outside world and sometimes you think well would this have happened without covid would this not happen with what's happening in other regions but inevitably the world is constantly evolving there's things that naturally happen that but you know as a human race we're quite good at navigating things but what's happened during covid the use of being able to hear things more and understand more has given us the framework to you know look at how we address key topics such as this so it's more about i would like to see more discussions more people doing more for it and more visibility and, you know, helping the younger generation, Scott. Mm. And certainly let's hope that we do see that happen. It's going to be quite the challenge, but one certainly that the sector and hopefully government's education can take in its stride. And uh, lastly, Carol, uh, just before we do finish, um, just talking about your own business now, where do you see yourselves 12 months from now as you sort of get to grips with the challenge that the wider sector is facing? And what are you really hoping to achieve from a personal perspective? Yeah, so thanks for that, Scott, and I've really enjoyed the discussion. So as you mentioned at the, the beginning, we were um, acquired in, in 2020, so during mm-hmm. lockdown, acquired as a small business into a large, you know, leading business software house, um, the Access Group. Um, for me, heading up Access Construction, it's again about bringing more awareness to the construction sector of how to use and embrace technology to be more efficient. And I think that goes hand in hand with how you recruit, you know, youngsters into the sector because, you know, they don't want to be bashing big keyboards. They want to be using technology that touch swipe and being able to, you know, navigate and enjoy coming to work, enjoy doing their role. So 
for us, we've got a, a series of, of launch of um, our, our um, access construction workspace application that gives a much better user experience for individuals in construction to deal with their key roles and be able to enjoy actually the job that they do rather than you know crunching lots of data. So really excited at what's coming ahead. And again, it's it's all about the technology suiting you know the sector that we're we're in, but also using it as a vehicle to you know bring bring youngsters into it as well and show look construction is not about you know lots and lots of paper there's technology to support it as well thank you scott absolutely and um, as you get to grips with this challenge carol i'd relish the opportunity to welcome you back onto the show just to see how things are coming along in and what is a changing environment because it is in a constant state of flux this and it is hugely important to the uk so it'd be great to of course to see how the situation develops uh, but for now of course um, it's been amazing as well welcoming you onto the show thoroughly enjoyed having you on to share your views with us and um, by all means, do take care and stay safe, Carol, with all that is still going on in the world as well. Scott, well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. It certainly was a pleasure welcoming Carol Massey, Head of Construction at the Access Group, onto today's programme. And I do hope that everybody tuning in thoroughly enjoyed the interview today. Um, just a reminder to you viewers, um, if you are a business owner or head of an organisation yourself and you feel that your business has its own story of success to share with us here at the Leaders' Council, then by all means we do want to hear from you too. So do feel free to apply to be on the show yourself via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. For now, however, I've been your host, Scott Chaloner, and to all listening, please take care and goodbye. <laughs>